This is Ani's on Opas, a fan podcast where we discuss our favorite things about Korean dramas, especially our K-drama boyfriends, also known as Opas. And we are your metaphorical big sisters, aka Onis. I'm Susie. And I am Lynn. And before we enjoy this buffet of Korean <laughs> drama goodness that is before us, we want to take a moment to say, Jamakismida. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the ingredients. Susie, who would you like to thank this episode? Um, this episode, I do not have a specific thank you, but I will just mm. continue to thank our listeners for being with us, engaging with us, enjoying us, as they tell us. <laughs> that they, I hope you yes. are enjoying us. Uh, I hope it's not not enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like yeah. a, a obligatory to listen if you're yeah. not. <laughs> I mean, like, it's okay if you don't listen and you don't enjoy it. But if you are listening and enjoying, thank you very much for continuing your support um, for us. And I hope we can continue to give you some good, enjoyable materials. Yeah. What about you, Lynn? Uh, well, I would second what you say. I mean, I it really means a lot to me when people take a minute to reach out on Instagram and just say mm-hmm. like, hey, I really enjoy the mm-hmm. podcast. Because even though yeah. we really enjoy making the podcast, it's also a lot of work. Like the part mm-hmm. that you don't hear is all the work that we put into it. And so it's really gratifying when somebody takes a minute just to say like, hey, I really enjoy the podcast. So. Thanks for doing that, friends. Uh, but I do have a very specific Jama Kiss Me Dada this time. And that is to Naz from the Soul Sisters <gasps> podcast. Uh, when we do our catch up in just a moment, I will be talking about one of the dramas that I just finished this week that she and I were both watching and we chatted about it a lot. And, you know, it's super fun to talk about the K-dramas that we've watched a long time ago and that we've watched at different times. You know, lots of these shows you and I have watched, but at completely different times. But there's something Mm -hmm. really special about watching something together with a friend and getting to talk about it in the moment and, like, break it down. So... Uh, that was a lot of this past week was the conclusion of that show. And Nas and I just mess- messaging each other back and forth about everything that was happening. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Nas. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, so speaking of ketchup, what's, what's your ketchup, Suze? So at this recording, it's been like, three weeks since the last time. I think it's been three we weeks since we recorded, recorded yeah. right? Three recorded. So, um, don't worry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I know when it's only been like a week or two, I usually have so much to say, so much to that I have seen. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. Worry not. This is going to be a really short catch-up for me. Um, so, I am in like what you would call a little slump. <laughs> right now where Mm. nothing is really like grabbing me and things you know in real life are really crazy so the last thing I want to do is make decisions on what to watch (laughs) so I've just Mm -hmm. been re-watching mostly in the last couple weeks Reply 1988 for in preparation for a future episode guess who it is guess who it is (laughs) that's your homework 
Um, <laughs> but I have. I mean, it, that's a watched... hard question. It could be like a dozen people. Let, yes. So, you know, we look forward to all your guesses. <laughs> uh, but I did watch a couple of um, a couple of dramas uh, in between. And one is My Roommate is a Gumiho, which mm-hmm. I really liked. It was so delightful. You know, if you want to cast a really funny, chaotic girl... Harry is your girl. Like she is so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so good at these at these roles, you know. So, uh, what is the name? Jang Ki Young. Uh, has he ever been more smoldering than <laughs> the show? Like it's like extra. He's already so good looking, but he was just like, let me give you some more <laughs> out there. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. I really liked it, but I think in the middle, um, it did a tiny lazy Susan. Like it did, like yeah, yeah. And then there was like that that kind of uh, there was a subplot that had like sort of like a serial murder thing, that sort of like see you can't I even, remember even remember because it like that. happened. I don't even remember it. And then it ended, and it had to do with something like an evil spirit that was trying to do whatever with the Gumiho. Oh, oh um, yeah, because there's like a cameo, right? right? right. The murderer is the cameo, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So spoiler, it's like, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that happened, and then it like went away. Of course, when you see it, you're like, please end this quickly, because I do not want this to be the whole story right right this subplot right but then when it ended you're like but why did you have it <laughs> it was a little mm. like uh, i don't know so yeah. that was yeah. weird to me because like it's instantly forgettable like it instantly was like yeah yeah why was that even here you know did it really add right. to the story i can't even remember now like what the whole purpose of it was you know so anyway right um so there are parts of it, obviously, that can be edited or whatever. But I, I just really enjoyed everyone's performance. I thought it was really beautifully made. Um, mm. The secondary couple is so cute. Oh my gosh, Kangana, <laughs> Chef's kiss, so great. I'm so used to her being these like cold, evil wenches. It is so nice to see her in this role. Very, very different. Yeah. Um, love her, you know. I just thought their relationship was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, not like an insta love kind of thing. They really had to, like, sort of, like, get there, work mm. on it, you know, try to. I just, oh, I just think they're adorable. It's so adorable yeah. together. So, um, and it's another, like, the main couple or, like, another relationship that is not sort of weighed down by like family stuff you know Mm, her mom came over once and once to say oh this is fine yeah (laughs) and then went away right right yeah (laughs) you know so you know it's just the kind of thing like we want to be together so we're gonna be together yeah like it's we don't have to go through all this rigmarole right to be together right kind of thing that is so refreshing to me yeah (laughs) uh but yeah i just really really liked it i can't say that i love loved it you know Mm. but i really enjoyed it it was really fun it was very funny Mm -hmm. so yeah i i recommend friends if you want something that is you know not too heavy you know not too heavy 
but enjoyable and you know still like tickles your funny bone like it's i yeah. i like it yeah i agree i like it yeah um it's real easy yeah. yeah it's a is a it is an easy watch um and then <laughs> so so i guess i just have to admit that i'm just fully in my k-pop era again <laughs> i'm back i'm just back in it let's just let's just not deny it anymore um so naturally i'm reaching out towards some k-pop content right one of the things that i've started watching and i've not finished but um is really interesting is a documentary on vicky called k-pop generation mm. um and so far i'm two episodes in and like the first episode addresses like the whole like fandom situation mm-hmm. how that works with the artist and um <clears throat> i feel like this is a very unique thing for k-pop like i don't find this in any other fandoms like not western pop stars or whatever mm-hmm. how this kind of very symbiotic yeah relationship oh, yeah. happens it's sometimes very <laughs> strange relationship happens mm. you know um so that was so interesting so i'm interested in like you know, I'll continue with that. I just haven't. And the other thing I watched was this show called Imitation. Mm-hmm. Because this show is about K-pop mm-hmm. idols. You know, it's based on a webtoon and it chronicles the struggles and triumphs <laughs> of <laughs> K-pop idols. Like people who aspire to be K-pop idols and how that's like really hard to like get a debut and Mm. all the sort of like politics surrounding that process and then you know there's people in various positions in in their careers so there's people who want to debut or trying to debut people who have debuted but not very successful so they're trying to not be disbanded you know so they're trying to like have good results and um people who are successful and then them you know what they're doing to stay successful right. and that kind of thing. So, and it also stars current and past K-pop idols. The main lead is Lee Jun-young, mm-hmm. um, who formerly from the group Yukis, old school K-pop fans know um, that group is no longer. But he, I first was aware of him from that movie Love and Leashes on oh, Netflix. Oh, I did not realize he was in that uh, movie. Yeah, like a summer ago with um, uh, Sohyun, also from Girls' Generation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is another idol movie, I guess you would call Mm -hmm. it. And then most recently from May I Help You, which... Yes, that's where I know him I heard it's very good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So he's, you know, his acting career, he's done a few things, but I think he's now ramping up in his acting career. Yeah. kind of thing and then the second lead is Yunho from 80s mm-hmm. and the second female lead is Jion from Tiara and um, the main female lead is our friend Jung Ji So who was in Curtain Call mm. um, so that's how but she's she was not an idol so um, she's the only one I feel like you know if you are a fan of 80s four of them are in this <laughs> show <laughs> so that's half <laughs> um there's uh 
there's a couple of SF9 guys in here. Chani and Hui Young is in it, which lovely. Love both. Um, we know Chani from The Queen's Umbrella, um, who is the terrible prince. He's also in Signal in a support role. Oh, yeah. yes. He was um, Lee Jae-hoon's brother in that. And then, oh. like, uh, I also know him from True Beauty. I mean, Chani is, like, well-known drama actor right um yeah so full of them just full of them you know there's a member mm. of boys republic in there the yeah. two other girls are from yeah. like was they from izone or ioi anyway full of just people that k-pop people would would recognize and it's about k-pop mm-hmm. people so it's really fun that way because you already know the language and you know how this works and it's like super cheesy lots of cringy <laughs> Some acting is obviously not their forte kind of thing. But I feel like everyone in general does a fine job. You know, those who are not very good, they hit their marks, they say their line, and they're done. <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for? There are, there are not too many, like, awkward pauses or whatever. You know, I think it's it's fine. And at first I was like, because one of my beefs was, Maha, she's the main lead. Her hair is terrible. It's, it's so bad. The wig is so bad yeah. that I'm like, this can't be so low budget. And then I realized at the last episode where they crammed two PPL scenes, I was like, oh, it could be low budget because this is like the first time I've seen PPL, oh, which wow. I'm like, why all these idols are here? How can you not have PPL? But very specifically, just PPL scenes were just like, crammed in there so i don't know interesting Uh, yeah so anyway if you want something fun that is brainless (laughs) like this (laughs) does not require any high thinking there is a little dramatic tension i was touched by the end um but it's you know it's kind of a specific kind of niche audience really that it can reach um you know this it's fun for your multitasking self. You can like play a game, do a craft. Like scenes can go by and you'll be like, I did not miss anything. <laughs> There's no important conversation that happened. And that is okay. That is okay. So I so did funny. enjoy it. I feel like it could be like um, in a pinch. It could be a comfort watch. Um, because, mm. you know, my current comfort watch is like to the beautiful you. You know, it's like bad but comforting. But To the Beautiful You is like 20 episodes or something. It's long. And this is only 12 episodes. So it has that in its Mm -hmm. favor as well. So anyway, you know, it's nothing special. But if you are a fan Mm -hmm. of K-pop, you would enjoy it. It's what I also told my friends. It's like it's really fun to like yell at the TV act. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like if you like have a bunch of friends who like love K-pop and you're like watching it, you can yell at that TV when they're like doing things and you're like, that's not how it works. Yeah. That kind of thing is, I, I can see it could be like a fun party watch with, with friends. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, make your own decision. But I did mildly enjoy it. It's fun. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm also like full disclosure, currently very, very into 80s at the moment. So it was very fun for me to see them mm-hmm. come and go on the screen. Um, yeah. 
So that is... I was going to out you if you didn't say that. Oh, no, no. I was like, that, <laughs> yes. that feels like it needs to be mentioned. Yeah, disclaimer. I, I am into 80s right now. So, um, yeah. So that is all, friends. <laughs> that is that is all I have, which is Three probably... Three weeks. Yeah, that's probably the shortest sort of catch-up I've ever had. <laughs> uh so yeah i'm hoping to like break that in a minute you know um getting to the like super good parts of reply 1988 has really like sort of like you know is stoking that fire again to just be like hey yeah yeah yeah. dramas i i need to get back into it like i want to get back into it you know so things just has been a little crazy and so things are calming down so hopefully that'll help to um, yeah. So that's what I have. The end. <laughs> yeah. This is such a reversal from usual, because usually I have like one or two things to talk about, and Susie has a lot of things. Not this time, friends. <laughs> it is uh, April Fool's Day of the Onis today, because... Uh, okay, so last time we recorded, and I think these episodes will probably air out of order, so that won't really be that meaningful, but uh, I'm in, I'm still in the midst of my month of Hulu. Uh, so I'm mm. watching all Hulu shows to try and get the most value out of my $15 monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. So last time I know I talked about, I was almost done with Rookie Cops at that point, which was... Mm. You know, as I look back on it, like, it was fine, but it was very meh. Like, I would not rewatch it. There were things I really liked about it, but I would not rewatch it. Uh, Next, I watched Uh Big Mouth with Lee Jung-suk and many, many other friends. Uh, My boyfriend, Uh Kwok Dong-yeon, is in it. And... (laughs) I said to a number of people talking about it that it was like the YA version of uh, <laughs> Insider with yeah. Kang Hanul that I watched a couple months ago. Because mm-hmm. Kang Hanul in that show and that show are very gritty. Like that was very realistic, very chaotic, uh, very mm-hmm. dark. And Big Mouth had a lot of similar themes, but I love Lee Jung Suk, but. Maybe somewhere in the multiverse he is gritty, <laughs> but it isn't this corner of the multiverse, friends. He's just so sweet and clean. This this was a very clean version of that show. Uh, the the plot was very straightforward, as opposed to Insider was very chaotic with all of the other things, which felt much more realistic for that kind of show having to do with organized crime and political corruption and all of the things. So anyway, I liked Big Mouth. I mean, I found the plot really compelling, but there were also some big problems that I had Mm. with it. I mean, yeah, there were just some big logical, like I cannot imagine if we're meant to take this seriously, that this would really happen Mm-hmm. like how they have it happen in the show. So I thought mm-hmm. all the leads in it were very good. Uh, it was the first thing that I've seen Yuna in. And mm-hmm. I thought she was very good. I would definitely watch her in other things. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that I would rewatch uh, Big Mouth. It's just not, mm. you know. It was fi- another fine. I think I gave it like an 8.5. Uh, 
the next thing I watch, Big Mouth is 16 episodes. Then I transitioned into some 12 episode dramas because you know I love a 12 episode. So I mm. watched One Dollar Lawyer with Nam Gung Min doing his like Nam Gung Miniest. <laughs> uh, you know, that show was, I presume, written for him because it's just <laughs> like, it's all him. I didn't yeah. think that the female lead, who I've not seen in other things, mm. You know, she was fine. I was underwhelmed by her. Um, I mean, it's, you know, pretty straightforward. Like, you know, more or less what you're getting into. It's one of these, like, give me what I expect in a way that I don't expect. Right. I didn't know the precise details of what it was going to be, but I knew what it was going to be. And mm -hmm. it delivered mm -hmm. that 100%. So, I mean, it is mm -hmm. in no way a groundbreaking drama. But, like, if that is the thing that you want to watch, if you want mm -hmm. those, like, good manager vibes, 100% this show delivers. Um, there's also some real fun, like, cheeky references to other things. And, you know, so that's, that's very fun. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention Big Mouth, despite my, like, madness about it, has mm. one of my favorite cameos, not my most favorite cameo of all time, but a real awesome cameo mm. in it mm -hmm. that I really loved. I don't know mm -hmm. that everyone would love it, but I really, really <laughs> loved it. Okay. Uh, I'll just leave it there because I hate to spoil a cameo. I will yeah, also say yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it refers back to another show that I really love. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so after... One Dollar Lawyer, I watched Kiss Sixth Sense, which is very hard to say out loud. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of S's. Uh, I was really not sure what to expect. And Susie can tell you, I was obsessed with this show. I watched this mm -hmm. show in like mm -hmm. three days. I was so obsessed with it. I was enjoying it so, so, so very much. Uh, I did enjoy it so, so, so very much. I mean, even mm. in, I finished it like, what two weeks ago or something 10 days ago mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i have rewatched probably half of it <gasps> wow since. like episode 10 of this drama is might be my new favorite single episode of a rom-com drama episode wow. 10 of kiss sixth sense i've watched it three times all the way through yeah mm. so uh it's real, real good. Like, there's a part of me that's like, should I just keep my Hulu subscription so that I can watch that as a comfort <laughs> watch, like, just in case I need it? <sighs> that's how much I liked Kiss Sixth Sense. However, hmm. the ending made no sense, oh. was a huge disappointment. Oh. Like, I mean, this was one of those shows where... Okay, so it's like real light and fluffy the whole way through. And then you know it's going to sort of a dark place towards the end because mm -hmm. of the setup. Like the, the backstory that is part of the setup of the show has to be manifest towards the end. So episode 11 is real dark. Um, but you sort of know that. It's not out of nowhere. You know, it's very well... The seeds are very well planted all the way along. That was something that I had said uh, when I was talking about it with people that as it, it's very different from like it, it sort of feels in some ways like uh, Hometown Cha Cha Cha, where the penultimate episode, episode mm -hmm. 15, is like so different in tone mm -hmm. from everything else. But in Home Cha, 
that feels really out of nowhere. Like it's right. very mm-hmm. jarring that mm-hmm. that happens all of a sudden. Whereas in Kiss Sixth Sense, I thought they did a really good job of like building up to that all the way along and sort of okay. the mysteries at the cor- at the center of it were very well mm-hmm. teased throughout, you know, and they let, let little bits of information weave through the story throughout. So I was real heartbroken after the ending was such a mess. Yeah. And then I sat with it for a couple of days and I thought about it and I have a theory as to what happened. So, uh, I, even with my oblivion about like the K drama world was aware of the death of Kim Misu in January mm-hmm. of 2022, which was when this drama was being filmed. It didn't come out until mm-hmm. summer of 22. Um, mm-hmm. But she is one of the support characters in this show. And she has a story, like, unlike a lot of the support characters, um, you know, Huang Bora is in it and is a delight. But, like, her character doesn't have, a, mm-hmm. ha- doesn't have a story. She's just there to be, you know, funny and wacky, which she delivers perfectly. Uh, but Kimmy So actually has, mm-hmm. like, story that is happening to her character And then it doesn't go anywhere because she died before they finished filming the drama. So the, I mean, they didn't really handle it at all in the drama. They just let it drop. Um, Mm. And then you never see her character again, which, you know, I mean, I don't know what options they had, but I presume that her death was a significant disruptor right. in the making of this drama, right? I mean, they probably had to take several weeks at least off from, uh, you know, and, and re- reschedule and reshuffle all these things. So my guess is that what her story was going to be was going to play into what was going to mm-hmm. happen in those last two episodes. And then all of a sudden they just had mm-hmm. to drop that story and they had to fill it in. And what they ended up filling it in with was yeah. this very unsatisfying ending that goes mm-hmm. on way too long for what it is, frankly. Um, so anyway, I mean, it's not, you know, a well-fleshed-out theory. I wish I could know yeah. what was originally supposed to happen with her character. Because obviously mm-hmm. something was going to happen. Um, but anyway, that is... That is my guess as to why the ending just feels so inconsistent with the whole rest of the series. And I think, at least for me, helps me have more grace yeah. for them mm-hmm. as far as that. Because there were just, like, elements outside of their control that they tried to do right. the best mm-hmm. they could. So, um, mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought their chemistry the leads chemistry was sparkling Mm -hmm. i loved both of them i thought it was hilarious and you know swoony and sexy and i just really really loved it except for that ending uh i might have to fan fiction Mm -hmm. an ending an alternate ending up one of these days but (laughs) today today is not not the first time we've done that (laughs) oh no no i Oh, believe me, yeah. I've thought, I've thought as we about will discuss, as we one. will discuss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that as other abominable ending yeah. a lot 
when I was processing Kiss Sixth Sense. Uh, I gave it a nine. I mean, I, 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 if it yeah, had yeah, the yeah, ending that I would have liked, I might have given it a ten because I loved it that yeah. much. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, that's Yoon Kye Sang, isn't it? That's he's the real, he's the lead, right? Yoon Kye Sang. Yeah, yeah, he's the male. So, and I had not seen him in anything else, but it made <sighs> me want to go back and watch everything that he. What was the one that you just chocolate, watched? chocolate? Oh yeah, I mean chocolate. that's high on my list anyway. But what's the one that you just watched with, um, uh, you and I and Gong Hyo Jin? Oh 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 yeah, um, uh, the greatest love. Greatest love. After, I mean, you know, I was sort of like a little bit interested in it after you were talking about it. But after watching this, I was like, oh, I'm for sure yeah. going to watch that show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> watch it. Yeah. Watch it. Um, <laughs> I'm just like enjoying his like renaissance or whatever this is, because I feel like he was like not around for a minute. Um, yeah. But now he's very active. And I'm just enjoying just seeing him a lot because even back in the day, I was like, oh, he's like so good looking and like swoony and good. And he is also an ex-idol. Hello. Shout out G.O.D. Um, oh, I should have said also in imitation, even like the other characters are ex-idols. So there there's a manager person who is Danny on from also G.O.D. who is still the hotness. Um, anyway, uh, we were talking about his six cents. I see our friend Kim Ji Suk is in it too. Okay. Yes, and I, uh, I said to you, I think while I was watching it, I really want to see him in something where he doesn't just play a different version of the same role. Because in Kiss Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. he's basically the same. He's, I mean, he's not as terrible as either of the ex boyfriends who can't let go. Yeah in uh what is it the the apple one oh personal, um, taste, personal taste or yeah. uh camellia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know he's i mean in kiss six sense he's not as terrible as either of mm. those versions okay. of this character but he's still moderately terrible and he's still basically the mm. same like he thinks he's so great and he can't believe that mm the main lady doesn't want to get back together with him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think that he is probably a really good actor. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think he's fine in all of those things. I just want him to play something. I want to see him play something that's not that because it's real tiresome. I mean, there are a lot of real like tropey things in Kiss Sixth Sense. I am in no way saying like this is a groundbreaking Mm -hmm. show. I just really loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho's. Okay, so okay. after that, I had a first date with Shadow Detective, which is on Hulu, which stars Lee Sung Min, who Susie and I love from Me Sang. I also really loved him in King Two Hearts. Uh, he was just in Reborn Rich, which I have not seen yet, but a lot of people loved him in that. I mean, I watched the first episode and a little bit of the second episode, and I was like, I know exactly what this show is going to be, and I have no interest in it. So, I mean, he's like a cop. It's very uh, good detective vibes if it were just played for drama Mm. instead of, like, the very beginning of it is a little bit wacky, and then it just leaves the wacky completely behind. And I was like, no, sir, I'm not interested in this. I mean, he's getting set up for, like, murdering a colleague 
in the first episode and i'm like yeah even at eight episodes i don't have time for this so yeah sorry opa mm-hmm. uh and then i watched our 16 episode call it love that was the show that naz and i were watching together and <laughs> it was so great i really really loved it um i'm so glad that i watched it uh, also rewatched some of that. That was a much harder watch. I mean, Kiss Six Sense mm-hmm. is just super easy to watch because it's real fluffy. Mm-hmm. Um, Call It Love to me had a lot of shared DNA with um, One Spring Night. It's very mm-hmm. melancholy like that. It has a lot mm-hmm. of like similar, similar vibes and some similar themes. And mm-hmm. also similarly, like real problems Mm -hmm. like real things for the characters to overcome that are not just like invented Mm -hmm. you know nonsense problems um so i i would highly recommend call it love i had very few notes Mm -hmm. and uh yeah if you are into if you liked one spring night i think you will enjoy call it love it was very very delightful also lots of familiar friends so that's my like half hour long uh recap (laughs) yay so much i have been watching yeah i mean i'm really excited to see call it love because naz was also like raving about it and you know she was like oh it's call it love day i can't wait to see the next episode like she really likes it and i imagine it is what we wish um interest of love would be because I feel like they were, they oh. could be like the same kind of vibes, but that one had let the world down. <laughs> In interests of love, just which is real disappointing to me. Because my opa, I really was looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. So I rewatched a bunch of things this week uh probably more than i technically needed to but our friend of the day has been in so many enjoyable dramas that it was hard not to rewatch a lot of mm-hmm. them and i'm really excited about this episode i'm always excited about our episodes but i'm especially excited about today's episode mm. because we're talking about soisuk who was my first k-drama support crush yes i fell in love with her in startup and uh you know it's certainly not the case in every episode that we do in fact i don't know that it's been the case in any episode that we've done so far except for kim son ho that i've seen every drama that we're going to talk about yeah Uh, yeah although i mean to be fair i didn't see all of empress key but uh Anywho, she's been in a lot of excellent things. The first thing we're going to talk about is not one of them. So, <laughs> turning the clock back to... <laughs> and I have not seen this either. Turning the clock back to 2013. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No, don't. Don't watch it, Susie. It's not worth it. There's nothing. I'm going to tell you everything you need yes. to know about this show. Yes. You're not missing anything. Uh, I mean, 
I will say 1.5 speed exists for this show. Like, I, I do not think I could have watched it if it weren't for 1.5 speed. I would have watched it on 2. Point nothing speed, 2.5 speed if that existed. Anywho. <laughs> the Heirs slash Inheritors from 2013. Uh, so, so Yusuk plays Hyoshin's mother. Hyoshin is played by Kang Hanul, our beloved Kang Hanul. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time belaboring what The Heirs is about. You probably know already. I mean, and really, what is it about? I've seen the whole thing. And what is it about? It's about a bunch of terrible, spoiled rich kids at a spoiled rich kids high school. And mostly what it's about is the fact that their parents are even more terrible than they are. And they're... (laughs) lives are being ruined by their even terribler parents. Uh, That's basically, in a nutshell, what The Heirs is about. So, I mean, maybe if you wanted to go deep on it, like they're inheriting the terribleness. Is that what it's about? (laughs) Anyway. So Hyoshin, who is Kang Hanul, is the head of the journalism club at the, at the school, which I think is a secret from his parents who are super controlling. His dad is the head prosecutor, I want to say. He's like some big prosecuting guy. I think he's the head prosecutor. And so by extension, um, Hyoshin's mother is like the most powerful one of the snobby rich moms of the you know of the kids at this snobby Uh high school um you know and they're always like backstabbing each other and it's a big mess anyways uh i mean but she's so terrible that later on in the drama uh lehman ho's character gets kicked out of his house and so he's like going to his friends for a place to stay so he has some place to sleep and uh, Kang Hanul's like, well, you can stay at my house. And he's like, oh, sorry, dude, your mom's too scary. <laughs> like, that's out of all the terrible moms. He's like, oh, I can't stay at your house because your mom's too scary. <laughs> so that's who we're talking about right now. Is that, that mom that's, like, too scary for, I mean, his character, uh, Lee Min Ho's character, Tan's family life is a dumpster fire. So if... <laughs> Yoshin's mother is too scary for him to go sleep over at her house. That tells you everything you need to know right there. Mm. So, um, I mean, Yoshin, in my opinion, is maybe the most interesting character in the whole thing. Kang Hanul is very good. You know, I talked about this show. I talked about Inheritors when we did our Kang Hanul episode. And a lot of the actors who we've seen in other things since 2013 are very good in other things and this show is not their best work you know they're very Uh young kong hanul is Uh legit excellent he already was firing on all cylinders back in 2013. um so his parents are super controlling of his life they want him to go to law school he doesn't want to go to law school he has had mental mental health struggles and has uh in in the past before we see in the show um, has attempted suicide and now takes medication for for depression and anxiety and stuff and still his parents are relentless about controlling his life I mean it's like legit 
heartbreaking uh, that like his mother without his knowledge sense sets him up for this early admission interview for college that he has no interest in going to so he blows it off and then she's like appalled that he didn't go and he was like i never said i was gonna go i was gonna go and like stop doing this like stop trying to control my whole life and uh you know Later on, she ends up rescheduling the interview again without his consent, like falsifies a doctor's note, like gets a doctor to write a false note saying that, you know, he was sick and that's why he missed the interview. And he's like, is this something that the chief prosecutor's wife should be doing? Like, this is appalling that you would go to this extent to like get me into this interview that I don't want to go to. And, uh, you know, he says point blank to her, like, are you just going to keep up with this until the end? Like, do I need to die in order for you to stop trying to control my life like this? And she just very, like, coolly answers him. I wrote it down exactly because it's, like, so appalling to me what she says. Do you still think you can threaten me with your life? I'm never going to let you give up on yourself. I'm confident. And she calmly leaves. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <What>? um <laughs> So so he's going to his like college exams, the CSAT is what they call it, which I'm like I don't know exactly what that stands for, but it's like whatever the college exams are. And he's been saying like he doesn't want to do it, and she because she is so I mean, as she just said to his face, she's so confident that like, and so does not listen to anything that he has to say that she just drops him off for the exams and, uh, you know, gets back in the car and tells him she's going to go pray at a temple the whole time when he's in the exams. And I'm like, you dumb dumb. He's not going to go in those exams. Like if you want him to go in that building, you'd best walk him in that building. No, she just, like, her chauffeur drives off. Guess who doesn't go into the exams? (laughs) So then, of course, it blows up that he didn't go to the exams. And his father's real terrible to him. And uh, for a second, it seems like maybe his parents are finally hearing him because uh, they're like, you know, oh, we understand you know, so we decided that you can go to college and major in like humanities or journalism or something that you want to major in. And his face like temporary lights up and then his father's like, and then go to law school. <laughs> and uh, oh, anyway, God. Um, but I will say, especially during uh, during that last scene. So the father is there. His father says to his face, like, I don't care what your dream is. Like, I have a dream for your life and that's what is important. And then he walks out and, you know, and then Kang Han Nul and uh, So Yi Suk have the rest of the scene together. And this show is not good. I do not recommend this show. But when I was re-watching it yesterday, I thought both of these actors are 
are so much better than this show deserves. Like, they are legit really good in that scene. Mm -hmm. Do not watch this show for that scene. (laughs) It is one, like, 20-second show in... Or 20-second scene, rather, in uh, 20 hours of show. But, (laughs) you know, they're both really good and compelling and support both my my love of both of these actors and about the fact that Hyo Shin and his storyline are the best things about that show. But don't watch Inheritors for that show. So, but, you know, despite the fact that her character is terrible, um, it could have just been very two-dimensional. And she's only in, like, six scenes of the whole 20-hour show, uh-huh. I feel like I should say. I mean, this is very peripheral. I just uh-huh. told you basically the entire... <laughs> entire storyline of Fioshin's character (laughs) but uh despite the fact that her this character could be super that she's playing could be super two-dimensional and cardboard like she really brings more to it it almost doesn't fit in the rest of this cardboard show um but you know she's still she does not betray my love for her even in this terrible show she's still great in it I would never watch it again. I'm just saying. I'm sure we'll talk about it more other times, and I might rewatch oh, yes. some little parts. I of mean, it, but the parts that I rewatched for this episode are probably the best parts in the whole show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're definitely gonna talk about it again because there's too many people in it who are like, you know, oh. we will have future episodes on it. So. You know, yeah. hang on for like by the by the end of the roster of people. Once we talk about it, you would know like everything that happened <laughs> in Eritus because we're just gonna talk about every individual That's line storyline. <laughs> so you don't we you know yeah. we watch it so you don't have to right. <laughs> I mean, Susie. As far as I'm concerned, I am willing to shoulder the burden of <laughs> inheritors. <laughs> For the entirety of our podcast so that you never have to. You did the summary of something in the rain in the Sunye Jin episode, so I didn't get anything stuck in my head. I am willing to shoulder the burden of inheritors so that you don't ever have to subject yourself to it. There's nothing to recommend it. There's yeah, nothing to yeah, recommend yeah. it. It's really not. I good. mean, you are not the only person who has told me this, so I am, I'm pretty warned off by it. And it, like, even if I ever decide to watch it you know it's gonna be like how i'm watching a number of things right now which is like i'll watch an episode and then put it down for like two months and then watch another episode maybe yeah you know that kind of thing so but i feel like i have a pretty good handle on what it's about already (laughs) oh in as much as it's about anything yes you you got it yeah oh my goodness And next, we're going to talk about Empress Key, circa 2014. Empress Key. You know, Lynn did, a, you know, gave it the real, a real college try. She, she watched 17 episodes of it. 17, which is more than like a normal full length drama. So good job, yeah. Lynn. Good job. Um, it's okay. There, there's, 50, <laughs> there's 50 episodes. It is a lot. In Hajiwan's episode, we've talked about this quite a bit because she is the main person. She is Empress Key in this show. Mm-hmm. And um, Soyusak uh, portrays Court Lady So, 
not to mistake her with Court Lady So from Red Sleeve, whom we love. We do not <laughs> love her in this show. True. <laughs> she is... Mm-hmm. Okay, so just a little summary. Empress Key is about Empress Key, who is... Uh, an empress during the Yuan dynasty in China, but she is from Goryeo, which is Korea at the time. So it chronicles her life, and up until that point, I think it's a combination of some fictional things and some not fictional things. Actually, as a show, it's quite good, especially for historical, because the plot moves really fast, and it just keeps going. It's really good that way, but uh, I thought it had sort of a conventional ending that was kind of boring and let down based on like how the show Mm. was going right so similar to um kiss six sense but maybe not so let downy but it's just like it was so interesting you know the show so interesting and just kept going there's so many like twists and turns in the plot and then the end was just kind of like and then they died or something like that. You know, it's like, because uh, it has to, yeah, yeah. you know, reach yeah. that like historical ending or whatever. But it just felt like it was not innovative, you right. know, not interesting. Um, so they could have done better with the ending. But, uh, you know, if you like historicals, I would recommend it. Like it's, but if you're a Ji Chang-wook fan. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is also not his best work. Like, his character is trash. <laughs> like, he is just... Yeah. I mean, just such a selfish, spoiled person. You know, like, it just... Everything he does only serves himself. You know, he plays a king. And he... Like, there's no consideration for the people. Everything he's doing is really just for himself. So, it's really tedious because he's a very, very sort of, like... He starts out as kind of like this cowardly prince. And then, you know, he sort of gets a hold of himself towards the end or whatnot. And he did have to do some things to survive. So kudos to him for not dying early. <laughs> right? In in this environment. In this terrible environment. But hmm. it's just not enjoyable to see him. He's not enjoyable to watch in this show. Anyway. So... Uh, so plays Court Lady So, who is the right-hand woman of his first empress, Ji Chang-wook's first empress, uh, which is Tanashiri, who is another garbage person, super terrible, mm. just really bad. <laughs> She's just a really bad person um, and did all kinds of things to, you know, um, Hajiwan's character because he she knew that the king likes her and all this stuff. So lots of things happened there. So... Um, uh, Core Lady So like it does all the dirty work for her and even like eggs her on when stuff are happening you know or trying to like mm-hmm. um, I mean egging her on I think is like a good a good word for it because she just like stokes the fire right like Tanashiri will be like mm-hmm. oh why is this like this and then she'll just be like oh this probably like this and probably they did this and they're, they're doing it on purpose to like slight you and you know that kind of like thing mm-hmm. that is not true <laughs> it's not true right right but she wants to like keep her employer in like a certain kind of mood or like 
you know, mm-hmm. it's brown nosing to a certain extent because basically Tanashiri already like wants to do a thing, but she wants validation. And so Court Lady So right. is the one that's like, you're right. She should be taught a lesson and blah, 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 blah. So, so she does all these things. And then, um, you know, she's in it more than I thought she was going to be. She was in it even beyond, um, spoiler alert, Tanashiri dies. She dies um, in the middle of the show. Oh. But she she is still I there. I kept watching um, if I knew that. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but there is a like birth secret surrounding the crown prince. And she is Ooh. the only one after Tanashiri dies. She's like the only one who knows about it. And then I think reveals mm-hmm. it to the world, not to the world, but to the people who need to know about it. And I am not 100%. I mean, Empress Key Watchers, please correct me. But I think she does not have a good end because she knows about that secret. And I believe Ji Chang Wook mm. is the one that got her killed or something. That is why my recollection, I might be wrong, but I think regardless, she did not have a good ending to herself. Which, mm-hmm. sorry, lady, you also have done some terrible things (laughs) but i feel like there was a time where she was kind of because of the prince the crown prince she was i don't know having some mild regrets about some things and Mm. trying to be better but i don't know maybe not so uh and this is the second time i've seen her i think after startup so you know in startup she's so nice Mm. (laughs) she's like a terrific person and when i saw her and i was like oh no why is she terrible maybe she won't be later no she's she continues to be terrible oh so anyway i thought that was an interesting juxtaposition but i also was like oh lady like yes do all the roles that's good like she's of course very good in it um so yeah historical yeah. fans you know it's it's actually a good one uh, there's 50 episodes it's quite long but it really moves very fast um and it's not one of those that has like an hour and a half episodes it's genuinely like an hour episodes <laughs> yeah. so empress key there you go she's very good in it she's yeah. terrible but she's very good in it <laughs> She's great at being terrible. <laughs> you know, like in yes. Inheritors. She's very good at being <laughs> terrible with a little bit of nuance in Inheritors as mm-hmm. well, even though she's in that a lot less. Not to second guess your own recollection of events, Mm. but I think Empress Key might have been the third thing you saw her in. Because I think we all watched Hotel de Luna before you had seen Empress Key. You are right. Because Hotel de Luna was only like the fourth drama that Mm -hmm. I watched. I think you're correct. I think you're correct. Um, And that is a good, you know, a second ago you said like, do all the roles. Mm. That's what she does in Hotel Del Luna. In this one drama, she does all <laughs> the roles. Uh, I don't know. Is it a spoiler to say how many different roles she plays? Because she keeps popping up like as the drama goes on. She's in more than she's in it more than what you think at the beginning. I'll yeah. just leave it like that. Um, so Hotel Del Luna came out in 2018. 
and we talked about it at length in our IU episode because IU is the lead mm-hmm. in it, so it makes sense that we would have talked about it a lot. Uh, but if you haven't heard that episode or you have not seen this drama, the whole premise of Hotel Del Luna is Manuel, who is IU, is like 1300 years old. I was thinking it was a thousand years old, but when I rewatched it this week, she's 1300 years old. And uh, she is the president of Hotel Del Luna, which is a place for souls to rest in between their death on earth and then before they journey to the afterlife. And it's sort of, um, you know, in some ways has some shared DNA with, I always think of uh, Move to Heaven, uh, May I Help You that I watched recently. What's another one? I mean, there are so many like this that are like helping people, helping the recently deceased sort of work out their last thing so they can have a Mm -hmm. peaceful journey to the afterlife. I know that I've seen at least one other one that is not coming to my Mm, mind that's the same, like, sort Mm -hmm. of premise. There are a lot. This is a whole (laughs) sub-genre, so. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, you know, that's what this show is. That's what the hotel is, is helping to bring these souls peace before they depart for the afterlife closure. So the male lead in Hotel Del Luna is Yojin Gu. He's, he plays Gu Chansung, who is the reluctant <laughs> human manager of the hotel for ghosts. Um, and yeah, I forgot how good this show was. Like, I remember that mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But rewatching it this week, I was like, this show is legit mm-hmm. real good. Like, there are some real goofy mm-hmm. things in it, like some intentionally goofy and some unintentionally yeah. goofy. <laughs> See also Manuel's hats. <laughs> uh, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it is such a good yeah. show. Um, I mean, also, IU is just spectacular oh, in this show. So much is asked is. of her. Uh, yeah. and you know, she absolutely delivers. It's really good. Okay. But we're not here to talk about IU today. We're here to talk about So You Suck. Also spectacular because she plays the deity Mago or Mago Shin, which Shin means deity. So there mm-hmm. you, there you go. Uh, so I did not remember until I was rewatching it that Mago is in like the very opening scene the very first scene of the whole drama mm. is manuel like getting to the the guest house of the moon and in her main manifestation mago is like a flower seller collector i don't remember ever seeing her take any money for the flowers but mm-hmm. um even in the 1300 years ago timeline you know she's still like a a peddler of flowers essentially and uh exactly what her deal is i mean other than the flower thing which ties in with the whole plot and like i use whole thing uh you know, it's hard to put a, an exact label on that main manifestation of Mago, but she's sort of like the, the, well, she's, the other Ma- Magos refer to her as the older sister. So, 
Uh, and Mon Wall refers to her as Mago number one, even though Grim Reaper gets real annoyed with her when she starts numbering them. <laughs> um, but some of the other ones that we see in the show are uh, there's a like traditional herbal medicine purveyor Mago, mm-hmm. and then there is. Pink suit Mago, who is like the the Mago of romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the the herbal medicine Mago is kind of like medical medicinal Mago. Uh, I mean, I think that pink pink suit Mago is probably my favorite. Uh, she's just <laughs> you know she talks in a real high voice and she's always setting people up for romance and she's uh, always trying to knit and crochet but she can never get the knitting quite right she's always getting it all tangled up and uh, she is delightful and then the other there are a few other magos that we see as the series goes on um, but the the main other Mago that we see is Black Uniform Mago, mm. who is the like sort of militaristic, sticking to the rules, like dead people need to leave Earth. And, you know, she does not have compassion for humans or their struggles. She just wants things to go by the rules. And she does not even think that there needs to be a... Hotel Del Luna. She does not believe in like a guest house for the recently deceased. Just you're dead. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like sort of the the cop Mago, but she has a, a black uniform that she wears. And, you know, all these different Magos are popping up at all different times, depending on what the, the circumstances require. And it's just so enjoyable to me to see her play all these different really distinct characters like they are you know and they're not in it a lot mm-hmm. i mean it's not like the mago show <laughs> uh but they are really their voices are distinct from each other like the whole way she physicalizes them are very distinct but in no, none of them are um they're all very believable for for how they are and i just think that that was such an impressive uh achievement and in a show that's already very enjoyable you know it just amps up the enjoyment that uh she is in it and she gives such great performances for all the magos Mm -hmm. so she was something that i really loved about this show Mm -hmm. yeah i I will always be impressed by people who are doing many characters in the same show. Anyway, because that's hard, but especially when they can make all those characters be so distinct mm. and very um, different from each other that you're not like mixing them up, you know, even though mm-hmm. they have the same face kind of thing. And it's not just because they're wearing different things or something, mm-hmm. but really like giving them a real three dimensional life um, is hard. <laughs> It's hard work. So um, really, really so good. What a good performance, you know. Love love her. And if you haven't seen that show, I really do. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are some gross things in it. There are some things that maybe did not need to be as gross as they are. Uh, But for the most part, I really highly recommend that show. Yeah. So I think for me, it was like, 
it's a bit more horror than I thought it was gonna be. And you know, like Korean cinema is so good at yeah. like scary, yeah. scary horror stuff. Um, so there is like that stuff there yeah. if you're kind of like a scaredy cat like I am. <laughs> it's a little like, oh, but um, but it's so good. Everyone is good in it, you know, and it just has, is a good story. Like I really enjoyed the story. So yeah, will recommend, would recommend, does recommend. I mean, also <laughs> I feel like it bears mentioning that, uh, you know, everybody is on the Lee Do Hyun train now because mm-hmm. of the glory and he's in i feel like he's in a ton of things right now i was a lee do hyun early adopter because even though he is not in hotel i mean he's in hotel de luna a fair amount yeah. but he's like not you know not the main main guy not even really the second main mm-hmm. guy uh i was like he's real swoony <laughs> and now everyone knows so <laughs> If you know how swoony Lee Do Hyun is, yeah. you should watch this show. Yeah. I think a lot of people have known him since, like, any, like, real Lee Do Hyun fans have known him since, like, 18 again or something like that. Um, has yeah. really wanted him to, like, do more. I mean, he's, like, probably, like, has the most... Does he have the most Nuna co-stars? <laughs> he's, like, a Nuna stealer. Oh, probably. Because he's stealer? so young. Yeah. <laughs> keeps on i mean he was only like 20 or something when they made this show i was astonished when i discovered how young he (laughs) was when they did this show so yeah he's really very very good um yeah i do look forward to seeing more of him i just haven't because hello lots of dramas not enough time i know not enough time Next, we're going to talk about <laughs> Dodo Soso Lala Sol, a show that came out in 2020, a show that we have said before, and we've told you this before, I will tell you again, it has 14 episodes. It does not, it tells you it has 16 episodes, they are lying, it only has 14 episodes. Yeah. Don't worry about those two other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about them, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is like forever going to be on our list of, you know, shows with terrible endings. (laughs) It's going to be like number one on our list, I think, because it is so, so incongruous to the rest of that show. I don't know what happened. You know, something must have happened. I just I'm convinced something happened because there is no way this writer had done such a great job and just yeah. like not just not stuck the landing but like skidded right off the mat like just out the building <laughs> just way off mark oh way off mark. yeah like skidded off the mat and like into the ocean and drowned <laughs> like just disappeared disappeared a complete uh, disaster those last two episodes yeah just so bad yeah anyway um I don't think we've talked about this show yet other than in a, in our catch-ups, I think. Mm-mm. Yeah. So let me give you a little summary. So uh, our main girl is Goa Ra. Uh, she plays Ra-Ra. <laughs> and she is, uh, you know, she's a very positive thinking, yeah. upbeat, um, rich girl who has been playing piano for 
you know, sort of all her life. Like that is like what she trained for. And then she went to school for piano. And then once she graduated her schooling, she was like, that's it. I'm done not playing piano anymore. Um, cause I'm tired of it. So, uh, and then bad fortune happens to her and her family, you know, uh, which made her have to make some decisions. And one of those decisions is she decided to move to this little seaside town. Mm. And she's very naive as well, which doesn't help. <laughs> but she's very cheerful and very positive thinking. And she's very like, you know, some of her thinking is like not only naive, but also like unrealistic. We're just you know, consistent to her character. <laughs> but you're kind of yeah. like thinking, how did you get this late in life and not know these things is yeah. <laughs> a question you will ask. A question. But she is so winning and she's very cute and she wins over sort of the locals and finds her way into this, you know, found family. Um, and her story goes from there. And she develops a friendship with this boy June who we find out is running away from home and his mother has been looking for him and his mother is played by Soi Suk whose name is Jo Yun Chil and we will just call her June's mom <laughs> from now on and so she is so he is from a rich family you know um, his mom I think is well-intentioned okay I think she, she's not as terrible as like the inheritor mom. Mm. You know, she's not terrible like that. She wants what is best for her child. Right. Um, the thing is, she has a terrible husband <laughs> who is like working overseas a lot. So yeah. he doesn't know yet that the son, his son has run away from home. Um, and she is trying to get him back before he comes back into the country. So he won't know. And to have this kind of relationship with your husband where you have to, you know, hide this because you know it's going to be really bad for everybody if he does <laughs> and he finds out is, oh, right. what is that? That's astounding to me, right? So she is trying her best. And at this point, she yeah. is also like sort of on her husband's team in terms of like deciding your son's future which is like the norm in the rich family right like mm. you want them to like go a certain way but something happened um to his friend who is best friend that they like sort of brushed off and didn't address and he is you know trying to deal with it and which is why he ran away because he feels like nobody is understanding him nobody is like you know helping him out so he just is going his own way. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, in this process, you know, she, she almost finds him. She almost finds him. Then she finally does find him and drags him back home. And, you know, trying to still, like, go this trajectory, right? But, you know, he has learned some things. And I think uh, gradually she is able to understand, like, where he's coming from but also her hands are tied because her husband is so terrible and like she can't do anything because of her husband mm -hmm. but there is like a journey there 
you know, for her to realize like, what is more important? Is it, is my son's life more important or like our prestige is more right. important, right? Uh, I think they are right. in the hospital business. So he's, they want him mm-hmm. to be a doctor, you know, and that is not like for him. He's like, I don't know what I want to do because I have a crisis in my life that is happening right now that nobody is acknowledging that it's like damaging me. Mm-hmm. Right. So he needs help first um, to do that. Uh, so, yeah, so she is not the most terrible. She's not really like, she's a little bit terrible just because, just because, you know, in the beginning. But she genuinely cares for her son and she really, really wants what's best for him. But she just didn't know what that was before, you know, thinking as most of the parents in any of these kinds of stories go they think they know best and they think they know where their child should go but then she realized there are more important things than that so another you know it's very Mm -hmm. you know i feel like it's quite nuanced you know she's not just like one dimensional or two dimensional here um the way that she struggles even when she was like trying to get him to come back and trying to get him to like go back to studying and go back to like the trajectory like she you see her struggle because she can see how unhappy he is Uh, yeah so i thought that was like really great and really subtle but you know and she's not in it a ton a ton um she's in it more towards the end and yeah so like a good performance i mean and i love this show we love this show. We love this show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there was a reason why I thought of this show a lot while I was dealing with my feelings about Six, Kiss mm-hmm. Sixth Sense because we loved this show. And this mm-hmm. was a show that Susie had watched and was mm-hmm. raving about it so much that I watched it right after you had watched it. Um, so we didn't, you know, watch it simultaneously. But also I think it started about the same time. It was definitely very close, say. but you for sure finished it before I did. I think I did. Yeah. Because yeah, that part I remember vividly because <laughs> you were like, uh, we need to talk about this ending yeah, yeah. as soon as yeah, yeah. you finish it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, now that I've gone through the whole thing with Kiss Six Sense, I feel like I'm willing to give a little bit more grace to dodo so so la la so but initially that completely bonkers ending really colored my enjoyment of the whole series because it was just like what did you do to us as viewers Mm -hmm. like it really felt like a betrayal of you know 14 plus hours that we had Mm -hmm. invested and then it just really went off the rails at the end um but I was going to say, you might not get mm-hmm. to see Maximum So You Suck if you don't watch those last two episodes. Because she's she is in those <laughs> last yeah. two episodes. It's true, not worth true. it. Don't watch them. <laughs> Other things to do with your time. But yeah, we loved this show, which mm-hmm. is why the ending felt like all that more of a betrayal. Because it was like, uh, why? why? It's so good. It has one of my boyfriends in it, you know. EJ Wook, mm-hmm. oh, so, so good. <laughs> he's so, you know, he's that boy that says no, but actually means yes. And yes, like 200% yes. Like, 
She's not expecting yeah. this thing. You know, she's like, oh, I wish I had. And he's like, no. She's like, I wish it. It would be good if I had. No. And then he like, oh, exceeds expectation. Like, does it? Says yes. Yeah. Does it? Doesn't tell her. And uh, every time. Every time. Just, oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. You guys. Until. Yeah. And he is perfect in this. I mean, I love both of the leads so much in this Mm -hmm. drama. They are both perfectly cast. Their performances are Mm -hmm. so good. I mean, this whole drama is just so enjoyable, except for that ending. But as long as you're braced for the fact that you just have to stop at 14 or like, you know, hold your your nose and soldier (laughs) through, I guess. But it's really not worth it to watch those last two episodes, friends. Yeah. Just know you. Yeah, this is where you need your fan fiction ending just get it ready <laughs> and you'll be fine yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um yeah i wish her character in this show would have a conversation with her character in the airs because she definitely ha- has gleaned some wisdom that her character in the airs does not glean along the way mm-hmm. <laughs> sadly mm-hmm You know who has some wisdom, though? Her mm. character in Rookie Cops Ooh. from 2022. Uh, so Rookie Cops, as I talked about in the catch up in the last episode, is about a bunch of, you know, students at the police academy, essentially. It's hard to say police academy as an American person who grew up <laughs> in the 80s because there are so much associations with police academy uh even though that's where police get trained um Mm -hmm. if you don't understand what i'm talking about google it uh but anyway it, it legit is the police academy where they're studying we follow a bunch of freshmen the whole first couple of episodes deal with this very extreme training slash hazing that these freshmen are subjected to uh and then there's a lot of corruption in the sort of fraternal organization if you've watched you know more than a dozen k-dramas you have indubitably encountered the sort of fixation with class reunions i mean class reunion is the best way to express it in sort of american culture but that's not really like the Mm. the connections made through your class at school are very important and continue to be very important in korean culture at least as exhibited in k-dramas it's a thing that comes up a lot and likewise in rookie cops there's this whole like club that comes out of the, I mean, it's not really a fraternity, but like the the people who have graduated from this police academy have this then organization, this club that goes on and it's extremely corrupt. And, you know, there's all of these things going on through this organization. Um, So, so you six character, has come in pretty recently I think at the beginning of the drama as 
the new dean of the police academy, but she is not an alumnus of that institution. She has come as an outsider as the dean. And I think that that's really important as far as what, like that detail is important as far as what's going to happen in the course of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a lot of voices within the academy who want to sort of maintain the status quo. And certainly she is under pressure to maintain the status quo but uh-huh. uh, her character in this reminded me in a lot of ways of her character in Startup that, you know, she's this figure of authority who has responsibility for all these young people who are coming up and has responsibility for their, their training and their growth. But she has real respect for them. She doesn't like look Mm -hmm. down on them as just like I'm the one with all the expertise and you all just need to learn from from me and from your other elders Um, Mm -hmm. she really tries to see them and listen to them and as the dean has some difficult controversies to navigate as some of these the corruption is coming to light and the you know the whole hazing story and Mm -hmm. things um, having to do with like you know, where is the line between strict training and hazing? Like, it's Mm, not mm -hmm. always obvious. Like, at what what point does discipline become abuse? Um, And Mm. those are, you know, things that she has to wrestle with. And I think she's very good in it. She's not in it a lot. It's an important role as far as kind of the structure of the, the show and the plot. Um, and I think she was really well cast in it because she strikes a great balance between, you know, and really shows all these different things that she has to wrestle with, all these different influences, um, and the fact that doing the right thing or, or figuring out what the right thing is to do is not always obvious, um, and I think that, you know, she's really good. I wouldn't necessarily highly recommend Rookie Cops. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You know, if you like that kind of thing. The things that I was reading made it sound like it's very, very similar to Police University, which I think came out the year before, came out in like 21 or something. Um, and it sounds like they're very similar shows. Mm-hmm. So if you saw Police University and really liked it, maybe you would like Rookie Cops. Um, Chase Subin is delightful in it. You know, for the most part, the secondary leads are, well, no, I take that back. <laughs> All of the secondary leads are delightful. All of the cast is delightful, except for the male lead I thought was real underwhelming. Not to be rude <laughs> about it, but he's fine. He's not terrible, but he's not great. Um, so anyway, Rookie Cops is a thing that I watched. That's what I have to say. <laughs> and so Yisuk was in it and she was, of course, very good. Uh, but, you know, unless you're like a So Yisuk super fan like I am, you can probably skip it. Uh, it's fine. I mean, you won't, won't, you won't want to poke your eyes out if you watch it, but there are mm. probably other things you can do with 16 hours of your time. I'm just saying. <laughs> But the next thing is far. 
far from mediocre. <laughs> this is like one of my favorite things in the world. It's it was like gonna be the red sleeve of twenty twenty three because it you know was like that like straddling that new year timeline kind of thing for us that we did with red sleeve the year before ah you guys it's under the queen's umbrella came out in 2022 december i think end of 2022 anyway uh yes starring kim hisu as the titular queen and it is as you would as you would suspect palace shenanigans <laughs> it's about some palace shenanigans mm-hmm. and the main theme is as the queen she is trying to protect her sons so there are many many sons from many many consorts in this kingdom in this court um and she and sort of there comes a point where even though she is queen nobody's safe right and there's problems with the crown prince that arise that, you know, the uh, topic of succession is like a big theme here. So her sons are not automatically going to be apparently going to be chosen as the next crown prince if something happens. So her whole deal is just like keeping everyone alive and also um, uh, revealing this like mystery thing that's happened and for her to do that she really needs the help of queen consort yun played by so Yisuk, who is the former former crown prince's mother before the current king became crown prince and then king so her son was crown prince before this current king was crowned prince and her son died and this prince became crowned prince and then king so there's a whole thing how because of that some accusations came about and so she and her other sons had to be exiled so they live out in a tiny hut out in a village somewhere and but she is sort of the only one that has the key to this mystery other than the perpetrator. And so mm. um, the queen came to seek to find out what happened because a similar thing is happening right now. So history is repeating itself in some ways and she just needs to know what is she, you know, what is she fighting against? Like, what is she, what does she need to know? What does she need to be aware of you know who does she need to be suspicious of you know because it could be any number of Mm -hmm. people that have like done this thing right um so they have you know she's not in it a ton again but she is an important figure because she holds the key to this mystery and also um she is connected to some other mysterious things that like come to light later on mm-hmm. and sort of affects this whole succession thing you know um so i mean it's a very emotional performance i think because she is somebody who has had to survive mm-hmm. 
a lot of terrible things. And then in the end, still more terrible things. But then she, Mm -hmm. like, you know, any person would give up. (laughs) I feel like, you know, uh, after all the things Mm -hmm. that she had to endure, Mm -hmm. I feel like it would not be uncalled for that she was just like, I'm going to tap out. Goodbye. But she still decides to hang on and survive in light of everything else. And just like her sort of like, you know, not very prominent, but important journey as well. is like all the things that has happened for to her that is not really, really shown, right? Like we don't really see her as the queen mm-hmm. at the time much. Um, just like little glimpses of flashback. Um, but it's mostly just like her now, but you can feel all that pain and all that tragedy, like just weighing on her. And how she's like, at first, of course, she's like, I'm not talk about any of this. I'm already <laughs> like, you coming here is endangering mm-hmm. me. Like, I, I do not need more trouble. I really don't. Right. <laughs> I've had enough, you know. And still, yeah. she like, eventually, of course, relents and, you know, gives her some information, maybe not all information. But, you know, she does help her, even though it's not really out of the kindness of her heart. But. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this show this show this show I just I cannot say more nice things about it I have like zero notes like really zero notes it's so yeah. good it really takes care of the audience you know you know there's if you're not a shenanigan person like Lynn is don't worry do not worry and it has like a simple yeah. enough premise actually because it has like one like destination or one thing that everyone is sort of shenanigazing but towards the same thing. So you don't have to like keep up with too many subplots yeah. like somebody like doing something totally unrelated to what yeah. is happening here. Like everything is related and so that's like easy to connect right. and easy to remember. Yeah. Performances so good. Just chef kiss all around there's some cute young princes in here that i'm like now following on instagram all of them because i want to see all of their things they're so cute and so good in here um but yeah highly recommend i mean this is like a meaty role for her for so you suck even though she is in it like Mm. again not very much but again like towards the end more of her you will see um And just really terrific. Just a terrific performance. And just a, such a good drama. I cannot recommend it enough. Everyone needs to watch it. It's so, so good. I mean, just, I watched, rewatched just a little bit in preparation for this. Mm. Um, and it really made me just want to rewatch the whole thing because it's mm-hmm. so enjoyable. I mean, so well done. Mm-hmm. Uh like you said, all the all the performances, the writing is so tight. And I think for me, you know, I mean, it is it's all shenanigans, but all the shenanigans make sense. You know, mm-hmm. I think one of my problems with a lot of historicals is I mean, and this is really typified. I know I talked about this when I blathered on about Huarong in the PSJ episode <laughs> is like not understanding where the shenanigans were supposed to bear fruit like why are you doing this to what end 
And Mm -hmm. you never say that in Under the Queen's Umbrella. Like, it's always Mm -hmm. very clear exactly what they're trying to achieve by what Mm -hmm. they're trying to, you know, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And there's so many good, like, reversals and surprises in this show. And I love that. Like, I love a great, like, you thought reality was this. And guess what? It's 180 degrees from that. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. so, so well done. I did forget. I did the same dumb thing, Susie, that you've heard me do numerous times. I rewatched the last episode, like, right when I was going to bed last (laughs) night. And it made me cry some. I forgot how much I was going to cry and then I was all like snotty when I was going to bed it was terrible Uh, you would think I would know by now but you know I mean I watch these shows and I love them and then I forget that how much of my love was like expressed in tears in those last episodes so you know pack tissues Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I agree with everything you said I mean just could not endorse more more highly it's I think it is you know it doesn't have the swoon factor of the red sleeve if you loved the red sleeve it doesn't have the swoony romance part it has some real cute romance that's a very much Mm -hmm. side plot Mm -hmm. um but I would say that it is it is equally quality equally high quality as the red sleeve which i realize could be a controversial statement Mm -hmm. because people understandably love the red sleeve uh Mm -hmm. yeah she's gosh she's so good in that in that Mm -hmm. show queen consort yoon and in the last drama that we're talking about She's not a queen. She's not Queen Yoon, but she's my <laughs> Queen Yoon. <laughs> Ms. Yoon in Startup. Yeah. Uh, the drama that started my love for her. So uh, Startup we talked about at length in our very first episode. You can go back and listen to that about Kim Sun Ho. We talked about Startup a lot in that episode, so I won't talk a lot about Mm -hmm. what Startup is about. In brief, So Dami, who is played by Besuzi, dreams of making her way as an innovator and entrepreneur. Nam Do San, who's played by Nam Joo Hyuk, is a genius programmer, if somewhat socially inept. Han Ji Pyong, <laughs> who's played by Kim Son Ho, is an orphan with a sad past and a genius investor at a venture capital firm. And the head of the venture capital firm is Yoon Son Hak. I do not think we ever hear her first name. I don't think anyone ever calls her by her no. first name in the entire drama. Because yeah. there ain't nobody in the whole drama who knows her like that. Like, she is... yeah. Ahead, you know, she is the the senior of just about everybody we see in that drama. So uh-huh. ain't nobody calling her by her first name. She's Ms. Uh-huh. Yen. Um, if you had told me your first K-drama support crush is going to be a venture capitalist, <laughs> I would have said, you're crazy. No. I'm not going to fall in love with a venture capitalist because in my mind, venture capitalists are very ruthless You know, they're only interested in making more money at any cost. You know, they're not interested in humans uh, and sort of the human side of business. And Ms. Yoon is 
the opposite of that. I mean, she's very, very good at her job. It's very clear that she's extremely competent and mm-hmm. successful at her job. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet she's all about being interested in people. Mm-hmm. And her whole thing is that she, you know, started Sandbox as an incubator to help these young entrepreneurs grow and so that they would have a soft place to land when they mm-hmm. when they fall. And she is smiling nearly all of the time, which sounds like it could be very two-dimensional as far mm-hmm. as the uh, portrayal of it. But I think So You Suck is able to bring such nuance to that, even despite the fact that Miss Yoon is generally very upbeat. Um, but, you know, you can see that there's other stuff going on. I have talked before about like my spinoff shows that I'm going to write and, you know, about different shows that I'm like, I want to see a show just about this character, you know, that's just like eight episodes. I want to see an, cause we learn almost nothing about Ms. Yoon's backstory. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's a very important peripheral character within the story of startup, but mm-hmm. Like I say, we don't even hear her first name, mm-hmm. uh, and we really learn nothing about her background as a character, other than she's been doing this venture capitalist thing for 15 years, at least, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see the eight-episode drama that's all about Ms. Yoon and her, like, <laughs> how did she get to be Ms. Yoon? Mm. That's, mm-hmm. that's my fan fiction that I want to write about Ms. Yim. <laughs> so I don't I don't really know what more to say about the about the role other than she's just I get such comfort from her in this role every time she's on screen because like nothing bad yeah. can happen when Miss Yoon is around because she wields such power mm-hmm. within Sandbox but she's also just such a comforting and kind and gentle presence Mm -hmm. um that you know i feel like i would imagine the young entrepreneurs in the sandbox program feel that you know they feel calm and at ease when she is around at least i hope so that's how i feel about her i just love (laughs) her i I mean it was love at first neck pillow wasn't it (laughs) <laughs> oh man how could i not mention the neck pillow <gasps> you were so like enamored by that it was yeah, so it's too amazing. hot i was i was thinking about wearing a neck pillow today <laughs> i mean it's so amazing to be so confident that you can just be wearing <laughs> a neck pillow mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like like you said it's just like it would be very easy to make her two-dimensional because, you know, she's she's in it. She's important, but she's not in it a whole, whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, you see her mostly, like, mentoring people. You know, they'll meet in the hallway and they'll talk and she'll give some, like, nugget of wisdom, this kind of thing. It's not, like, always in yeah. a meeting or, you know, working on something. And so... But you have no doubt that she is competent at her job. You know, I was just thinking about how much we rail at Nana in 
um, good detective too, how she mm. was like not doing any work, you know, and you have no idea yeah. what she does or if she's even good at it. So, and this is like the total opposite of that, even though she is not always working either. Like, I feel like she just strolls the halls, hallways a lot. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, like popping yeah. into other people's office, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But you still like understand that she is really good at her job and she deserves mm-hmm. to be where she is. And she is working hard as well, just from these little interactions that you see her with yeah. other people, you know, and that is, you know, that's talent. That's talent. Also writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just, you know, in every single thing we talked about, today we always said oh she's not in it that much but she like has like such impact right so yeah i just feel like that just shows like how talented she is you know she doesn't need to be like a real you know like kind of supporting role that other people are that they're in it like more into it and then you mentioned how in startup you know we don't learn anything about her background which is to me, like, correct, right? For this show, we don't need to know mm, that about right, right, her. Yeah. We just need to know, like, who she is. And she shows that enough that you don't need to question anything about her past or whatever. And that is, like, not yeah. her function in this show. So that is really good as well. Like, just her, the writers, but her showing that through just glimpses is so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. Just really love her i agree i agree also her character is really well expressed through little details and i i would love to know like if the neck pillow was a thing that was written in the script or if that was a detail that she brought to it because i feel like that communicates so much about who she is that she wears like she literally is wearing a neck pillow around all the time when she's in the building except if she's like at the front of a big meeting you know leading a seminar Mm -hmm. but every other time she's Mm -hmm. got a neck pillow on just in case she needs a little rest (laughs) uh you know and then like there's a scene where she's essentially coming like a thing has happened and she's essentially coming to comfort ji pyong who is like having a hard time and she's the head of this Mm -hmm. venture capital Mm -hmm. firm i think i mentioned that like she's a big stinking deal uh and she like brings him a coffee when she's coming in to to you know to comfort him which i feel like just expresses so much about who her character is that she's like Mm -hmm. here i am with my little instant coffee that's not even ppl because you can't see what the brand is um (laughs) you know i mean just just little things like that express so much mm-hmm. about uh, about who she is. And yeah, I 100% agree with what you said is it is appropriate it is the right choice for startup that we don't mm-hmm. know about her backstory. But also what we see in in startup is so mm-hmm. intriguing yeah, that I want yeah. to know more about like how the you know how to how is she so different from what my mm-hmm. initial idea of what a venture capitalist mm-hmm. would be you know I mean yeah. also I just more love of her. her more of her I just <laughs> love her yeah right yeah, yeah. yeah exactly exactly So speaking of more of her, Suze, what 
are your favorite scenes of hers that you want to watch more and more and more of that you would watch <laughs> over and over your favorite so you suck scene ah uh, well i have one today i mean i feel like she is so excellent in startup like i could i could name quite a few but because every time she's like there for impact right she's never there yeah. just for chatting she's always there for impact yeah so I just really love yeah. her in startup. But the I one like. I chose is from Under the Queen's Umbrella. And I'll try to do this without spoiling. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end, yeah, in the last episode, like I said, so many terrible things has happened to this woman. Just like, it's just really reaching a point where one would think, why am I alive? Why, why, what is the purpose of me getting to this age while yeah. all these things has happened to me? What is there to look forward to kind of thing? And yeah, the, the queen queen, Kim Hesu, has a conversation with her. I want to say it's like, did they even show it or... Did we just hear it as a voiceover? I can't quite remember about why she should keep on living and keep going. Um, I can't quite remember, but there's just... Yeah. It's okay. like an actual scene uh, that we see. Right. They meet in like a True. field. That's right. That's where that conversation happened, which is a beautiful scene, by the way. Ooh. Um. And then we see her yeah. in this room with some food in front of her. And she is contemplating life as one would <laughs> in her position. And she's looking at this food and just like that conversation, I think, maybe plays in her head. Um, maybe we just hear some more of it. And then she just starts eating. She just start spooning rice in her mouth and I just was like <laughs> bawling because wow like just that like still yeah. decide just making that decision to hold on and just keep going you know I just I would not have fault her her you know I, I don't like people of course ending their own lives it's mm. not good but there is, they're just, I mean, there's so much, there's only so much one can take, one thinks, but then you could be wrong. Like you, you have to like explore it, right? To like know if this is like really as much you can bear, you know, in life. And the like decision to like mm. keep going is not an easy one, right? Like it's definitely not the easy way out. So for her to like make yeah. that decision was already like mm. oh my goodness lady this is crazy but just like that whole scene where she's just like crying yeah. and eating and like has this like determination you know this determined face on her you know it's not a very strong determined face it's just like a like okay i'm gonna take the next step i'm gonna i'm gonna keep walking right it's that mm. kind of i've rested for a minute here yeah, I could keep resting. I could just stop here. But I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to take that next step. 
and just like that kind of face yeah. was just like it was heartbreaking but it's also like exhilarating i just it's a tiny tiny scene but it's just so so good so emotional it's just whoa love yeah. it so that's my scene yeah yeah just you talking about it makes me choked up <laughs> thinking about that scene. Yeah. It's so affecting. And it's, I mean, like you say, it's like a 15 second scene. Mm. I mean, it is not, with no dialogue. No dialogue. It is just yeah. her in a room with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's real extraordinary. Uh, that is definitely a fave for me too. I picked two <laughs> much more lighthearted scenes, however. Um, I mean, I just enjoy her as all the Magos in Hotel de Luna so much that I had to pick, even though it's like not much of a scene like plot wise, but the, the first time we see her as the sort of three main Magos that we see the most of, Mm -hmm. of them all together. So it's like three characters in the scene, but it's all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you suck. Um, you know, and she's, like I was saying earlier, has all the different voices mm-hmm. and all the different physicality. And it's just so enjoyable mm-hmm. to see all of that. And she's, you know, she's such a virtuoso at that, that I just really enjoyed that scene a lot. I enjoy watching her in that scene. And then, of course, I had to pick a Miss Hune from Startup scene. So in flashbacks in the first episode, in the past, Ms. Yoon has met with Domi's father, mm-hmm. but Domi does not right. know this. She does not know that Ms. Yoon mm-hmm. knew her father. And so it's in episode 12 um, that Ms. Yoon, you know, basically tells the story of when she met Domi's father, which we as the audience already mm-hmm. know because we saw it in episode one, but uh, Domi wasn't there. So, um, and it's just a really lovely affecting scene you know Susie and um so you suck are both really lovely in it but uh you know again it's this like it's just there's so much going Mm -hmm. on beneath the surface like she's communicating so much with only just a little Mm -hmm. bit of dialogue and uh it's Mm -hmm. it's really a beautiful scene so that's my other favorite. Although, like you said, I could have practically picked just about... She's just such a delight yeah. to watch mm-hmm. in that show. I mean, I find her delightful to watch in anything, but especially, I just love Miss Yoon so much, I could mm-hmm. watch her do anything. Just just sitting there, like, oh, watching yeah. the kids at the, mm-hmm. at the hackathon, like, just sitting there all, you know, with just the, this face of like oh you're gonna do so good i believe in you <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> just love her love her so much well now it's time for me to ask Susie anything and this oh. feels like a cop-out uh because this is a question that you asked me in a previous episode. So it feels a little bit like cheating, but I really wanted to ask this because you, you pointed it out just a little bit ago, but even while we were prepping for this episode all this week, I was thinking she's not in any of these shows a lot, like, which is 
sort of surprising some of the time when you go back and look at them because she does make such a big mm-hmm. impact that you it feels like she was in them a lot but in actuality mm-hmm. she really wasn't um i mean i think probably as far as total screen time you know Ma, the magos are probably in hotel de luna the mm-hmm. most out mm-hmm. of all of the things that we're talking about here but um you know she's a support role Mm -hmm. in all of these shows uh and i would just really love to see her like i said i mean it doesn't have to be miss yoon fan fiction i would love to see i would watch a a Mm -hmm. drama just about the magos you know practically i'm not watching a drama just about her Mm -hmm. character in inheritors but you know almost any of her characters i would watch a drama just about those characters so here's my a little bit of a ripoff question Mm is who else who is a support actor would you like to see in a in a leading role because i'm not sure when you asked mm. me this question i'm not sure if i said so you suck at the time but then in hindsight i'm like oh i should have said that because i would watch mm. the heck out of a drama mm-hmm. with her as the lead so who would you like to see mm-hmm. in the lead i mean i would love and i is he already going to i, I feel like he's going to be in something um, Kang Ki Young, I, you know, oh, let me get him up. I'm not sure. I mean, he was. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I said him when you asked me this question too. I mean, his his role in uh, yeah. Attorney Wu is quite big, but I'm not. Yeah, I feel like I saw something that he's going to be. Yeah. A, like maybe a second lead in something. Yeah, he's probably he was. The he's lead built in Attorney Wu. Yeah, he's billed as a main role in there. So, mm. Mm. I mean, there's so many good ones. Mm. You know, Lee Jung-un is somebody I just love so much. But I think maybe her performance in Our Blues might be considered a main role. Um, Oh, yeah. 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 So... I mean, but like, that's like also an ensemble piece. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. it's not like you're the main, main person, you know, like ev- it's like yeah. sort of more everyone gets like a piece of this pie kind of thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that really mm-hmm. any one person or couple is like the main, main because everyone sort of gets like a piece of their story and they they're intertwined kind of situation um yeah. so i feel like yeah, that yeah. doesn't super count um i want her i just mm. yes i just feel like she is so amazing in everything i have seen her in and she is yeah. so nuanced like she is also somebody who has done so many different kinds of roles that i'm just like i want mm-hmm. you to be like the main yeah. person can we have that so She's yeah. like top of my mind. I always want to see her. I always delight in seeing her. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Yes. Lee Jung Un. You're going to love Please, her and more familiar her. wife. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. So excited to see that show. Thank you for that question. Well, it's always a delight to talk about all of all of the friends, all of the onis, all of the opas, 
I mean, that is why we're here after all. This mm-hmm. has not been a very OPA-heavy no, episode. No, I mean, I could have talked for two and a half hours just about Song Jun in <laughs> Call It Love, but I didn't, even though I could have. <laughs> Newly promoted. Congratulations, OPA. Uh, so, who should we talk about in future episodes? Who are your favorite support players who you'd like to see have a prominent role come find us and tell us where can they find us yes you can find us on instagram at unnies on opa's pod come talk to us about this episode about other episodes whatever is on your mind k-drama wise let us know we want to chat with you most of the time we do enjoy chatting about all the things. And I mean, we promise some future episodes, maybe the next episode <laughs> question mark, we'll have more opas than this episode did. More <laughs> Always opas more to opas. come. <laughs> so keep an, an eye on your podcast feed for more opa-centric episodes. And as Kim Sun Young said in Reply 1988, Susie can verify it because she's been rewatching. All the handsome ones are called Opas. So come back with us next time for more handsome Opas. Annyeong! <laughs> Annyeong!